and more. A very warm welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Kappa Sports here on Moscow's Kappa FM. I'm Alan Moore, your host for this evening's, well, extravaganza, because if you just strap in for the next hour of news views interviews reviews and previews the very best that the world of sports can bring to you you're going to hear them here with us tonight now in just a moment we're going to kick off with andrew flint we're going to speak about the russian premier league and the english premier league plus we're going to have a look at football in europe yeah because european action was pretty good last week and uh, andy mack is here with us to discuss that as well in part two we have a very special guest to talk a different shape of balls they're rugby balls of course um so be ready to hear the most irish person in moscow in russia yeah apparently from myself and Tim he is the most Irish uh, and then of course in part 3 we have the big fat filthy quiz and we'll also have a chat with Alina Miakova who is of course playing with Hellas Verona in the Serie A the Italian uh, women's top flight now folks before we start I'm going to just acknowledge to all of our listeners here in Moscow in Russia our friends in Carlo in Sligo Dublin in the UK France Holland and well pretty much all around the world Look, we know what's happening in the world right now. We know what's happening in our neighbouring country. And we just want to have this one hour to give our brains a bit of a break. Okay? That's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about sports. There's a lot impacting on sports, but we still have to discuss it in the best possible way. So just join us. We're going to have a bit of fun and, you know, speak a bit of sense, hopefully. So I am delighted to have here help me in the studio right now. Mr. Andy Mack, you're back. How are you doing? I'm never a help. I'm more of a hindrance <laughs> of that, I'm certain. That is very, very true. I'm here, though. You're here. That's the most <laughs> important thing you hear in, in body and spirit. There you go. Just right across in Destiny as well. So he's here. He's going to have uh, some good tips as well for the European Football Midweek. Um, and, of course, there's a lot of English Premier League as well coming up. But straight away, we're going to crow out to two men, to Mr. Andrew Flint. Andrew, can you hear us okay this time? I uh, certainly can. I hope you can hear me. Okay, uh, brilliant, loud and clear. Your lovely dulcet, uh, you know. Mi- I was going to say stuff. Midlands tones, but not Midlands. They're Lancashire tones, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say no. Yeah, he just <laughs> laughed. All right. Okay. So, uh, middle, looking- middle of Russia, Midlands, not Midlands. There you go. Yeah, you're out on the uh, the out in the Orals and the Volga. There you go. Right. Um, a big, yeah. big results in the Russian Premier League this weekend. Dino winning 4-1 in Tula against Arsenal. Siska battering the poor old locomotives. They are very, very much off the rails. They went down 2-1 at home. Um, Himke, they got a point against Sochi, so well done them. Uh, of course, we saw Zeni dropping two points out in Samara against Krylia Sovetov. They drew 1-1 today, or earlier on today. And a little bit earlier today, just before we come on air, Spartak going down. 2-1 to Krasnodar after a very contentious penalty. Yeah. Andrew Flint, um, Spartak are really, they're, they're starting to show their true colours and they're not red and white. Um, yeah, well, they, it's, it's, they're a very confusing side. Shamar Nicholson's come in and scored a, a bag load of goals um, early on and he really should have scored at least once or twice today. Um Some marginal VAR decisions, but I think they probably were just about correct. But the fact that Spartak can't beat a well, what is effectively a Krasnodar youth team now with all of their non-Russian registered or um, uh, non-foreigner players gone um, is a bit embarrassing, really. Um, so they they they're good, but they can't finish things off, which is nuts when they've got the forward line that they have. So they're in trouble, really. Yeah, I mean, they're still second half of the table and uh, Rubin could move ahead of them. Of course, tomorrow Rubin are playing against Rostov. That is kicking off at 7 o'clock out in Kazan. Um, Andrew, looking at Loco. Loco, I mean, they, they, they lost their coach, mm-hmm. Gizdol. He he jumped before he was pushed. Um, they've got yeah. Marcus Comper, the, the former Celtics superstar. Uh, he's their coaching at the moment. Um, <laughs> the Rydnik systems are working. We said it wouldn't, and it's not. Well... 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, they they weren't they weren't quite as uh, as bad as we assumed they were. I don't think um, against Tesco yesterday. I mean, Tesco had to rely on an added time winner from Mario Fernandez, which was scrappy as as they come. Um, Isidore looks lively up front. He's a sort of a relatively typical new locomotive sort of signing. Young, got sell on value, and he does look lively. He could be could be dangerous, but. He needs to be backed up with more than than, than what he's got. I, I'm not sure what Loco can really achieve this season, but I'd, I'd say this season is a write-off, really. Um, just who's going to be the manager in a few weeks' time okay. in the summer? Somebody new, certainly. Do you see any hope for Loco going forward? With the uh, Obviously, a few players have left. Uh, we talked about Isidore being a mm. brilliant little signing from an unknown kind of yeah. signing from the, the depths of Monaco. Um are these foreign players going to stay for another year if there's no European football? Where do they go? Well, I think I mean it's quite a good point because some of these, I think actually some of them will because Isidore is if he if he keeps scoring, he's in a good place. I don't think he's likely to get into a starting lineup of a solid European level club. Um, even the likes of Garano Kirk, I don't think he's likely to either. He he can play a starring role, which I think is more valuable. I think another season, certainly, they'll keep most of them. Um, and some of them have good sell-on value, like I mentioned. So I don't think they're likely to stay forever, but I don't think they'll jump ship straight away. Uh, it just depends who's in charge in the summer, I think. Well, I, I think it, it goes down to Rangnick because it, it depends on who he wants yeah. to have as the next coach. Same with Manchester United as well, because, uh, you know, it's down. Ralph will be choosing the next coach for both <laughs> teams, so there you go. Um, so, uh, looking forward to next weekend, of course, another round of matches. Uh, Nizhny Novgorod are hosting Spartak on Saturday. That is at 2 o'clock. Um, mm. Lokomotiv down in Grozny against Ahmad. That's 4.30 uh, also on Saturday. Siska are home on Sunday against Rubin Kazan. That is a 2 p.m. kickoff. And finally, on Sunday evening, 8 o'clock, Dinamo at home against Ross Stuff. Um, and, and Andy Mack, um, Spartak have to win that out in Nizhny Novgorod. Otherwise, they, I mean, Nizhny Novgorod will actually move ahead of them. Scary to think, considering uh, looking here, Nizhny haven't scored a goal since they beat Ural. Sorry, Andy Flint. <laughs> um, <sighs> so, I mean, if they don't win that, they, they may as well just, just give up. Okay, they can take up rugby to be, you know, <laughs> but like Spar- I'm not going to slag off Spartak rugby because someone who's just come into the studio, <laughs> well, no, he, he'd be okay with that. Uh, okay, uh, Andrew Flint, uh, down in Grozny. Grozny means terrible, it could be terrible for Lokomotiv. Yeah, I think so. Um, uh, Danny Lukin's on brilliant form for Akhmat. Um They're a strange side, Akhmat. They used to grind out draws, but they haven't drawn all season, um, which I think is the longest any side's gone in the Premier League about without drawing but they are susceptible at the back so there's definitely opportunity for Loco but it'll be tough very tough OK and uh, Andy Mack I was just saying they drew this weekend who uh, Ahmad yeah yeah. well I mean Ahmad are in 6th place uh, before, before, they're in 6th yeah. place they're in 6th place I, I, I just listen to Andrew just, like oh Croy OK I just sometimes it's good just to let people speak you know let, I did, <laughs> you did. I and just, then you caught him they, they shouldn't just have confused. drawn they shouldn't have drawn alright <laughs> Siska at home against uh, Rubin Kazan um, it's going to be a tough one for both sides Rubin are you know doing well so they've got their old boss coming to town uh, Rubin win at their head of Spartak but Siska win and they could be levelling points with Dynamo Andrew Flint <laughs> uh, yeah I mean <laughs> um, Rubin have been on a terrible run of form until I'm um, picking up a win finally um, uh, last weekend I think tomorrow night 
they probably will get a result against Rostov, and then suddenly it looks uh, looks rosy again for them. But Tiskar are absolutely flying. Yazici has, has settled right in, um, so that's going to be that's going to be key for them. I think, to be honest, uh, Rubin will be lucky to get anything out of this one. Tiskar are looking very very good with their new signings. They all play a decent part, um, so Rubin, I think, not likely to get anything out of this one. Okay, uh, Dino Rostov, Andy Mike. Um, there'll be goals, that's for sure, because I don't think either are particularly good at defending at the moment. Um, so, I, I, probably a case of whether Smolov's got his left foot on his left, uh, his left boot on his left foot uh, or not. I think, really. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think he should be scoring there. Okay, so uh, we've 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 looked at those. So oh, English Premier League, a uh, lot of games on today. The I don't know, I don't know how to call this match: Chelsea versus Newcastle. Uh, one of course, comes <laughs> to Chelsea because we could make so much fun of it. But you know what? I, I I'd respect to the to the to the people who support both clubs and fans of both clubs. Uh, they're you know. They're just whipping boys at the moment. I mean, it's just a terrible situation. Um, Newcastle, of course. I mean, I was going to say make a chopping block joke, but that's just terrible after what happened yesterday. So, um, look, Chelsea are in big trouble financially. Newcastle, they're okay financially. Um, <laughs> Everton, <laughs> what? That's not funny. It's true. And uh, Newcastle are okay. It is true. Okay. Um, Everton, of course, they went down one 0 to Wolves, and they are really in a bad situation. Of course, Chinese-owned Wolves. They are. Uh, you know, Wolves are doing okay. Everton are in big, big trouble. They're just ahead of the uh, drop zone. Leeds getting a much-needed win, a much-needed win today, 2-1 over Norwich City. Southampton going down 2-1 to Watford. Watford needed that one. West Ham also on a good run of form. Day 1-2-1 against Aston Villa. Of course, Arsenal winning 2-0 at home to Leicester City. Yes, of course, Liverpool did very, very well, winning 2-0 against Brighton Hove Albion. And Manchester United whipping. That's why Eastwood won't be on with us tonight. She is sulking because, of course, that's, that's what it is. Um, just just on that, uh, Andrew Flint, I mean, you know, Ronaldo has three goals. He's what? He's, he's 48 years of age, same age as himself. Still going strong. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, he he actually needed some goals. I think um, he's he's had one of his one of his um, dry spells in his entire career. But uh, I think FIFA trumpeted him being the the, the record goal scoring club football. I think it is on eight hundred and seven, some ridiculous numbers. He's a numbers guy, and he needs these to boost his ego. Manchester United need his ego to be boosted. Otherwise, he's just eating up the atmosphere at the club so it's, it's great to get him on the goal uh, in the goal so he needed it big yeah. time but Manchester United did even more yeah he's, he's a Tony Cascarino type of figure you just need a big big man up front and hold the ball <laughs> it was funny when he standing beside Tom Brady there after the match and he looked very very small that was unbelievable Ronaldo's six foot tall and Tom Brady was beside him just like a you know, man and like father and son anyway um, and in fact there's a midweek game that has a lot of interest because uh, you know it could it could change a lot? Yeah, midweek uh, Wednesday is Arsenal-Liverpool. Uh, I think at, at a late kickoff here in Moscow, 11.15. Obviously an awful lot riding on it because uh, it, it puts pressure on Alan's uh, prediction that Manchester City will win the league. So They will win the league. Well. <laughs> I don't get these things wrong. You know, Come on, guys, come on. Every single year I call it right. <laughs> and I usually call it in October. This time I call it in January because I was a bit unsure. But anyway... Well, the, the, there are only three teams currently with five wins, uh, five consecutive wins in the Premier League, and two of them are Arsenal and Liverpool. So it's going to be tight. There'll be goals. Um, my inkling is that Arsenal never do particularly well home or away against Liverpool. So a slight two-one maybe, um, but a good win for Arsenal today. And I think it's going to be a, a, a horrible 
athletics foot race between Frank Lampard and Brendan Rogers to see who's um, first at the door. Um, the, yeah, yeah. The, the managerial. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's just an awful lot there. I mean, you look at like you know, I'd I'd always tip Wayne Rooney to come up and take over Leicester City in the Midlands anyway. So. It's around the corner. It is really around the corner. Okay, look, uh, before we look at European football, because we do have to look at the Champions League, there's some very big games today for decision. We'd like to welcome him to the studio. Finally, two years later, after we had planned to get him into the studio, the uh, Russian, well, no, no, not former, former national team captain? Uh, yes. At yes. the moment, for, at the moment, former team. Vasily, it's great to have you in the Capital Sports Studio. Thank you, guys. It's it's great to be here. Top of the evening to you guys, Alan, <laughs> Andy. Uh, yeah, it's it's been two two years wait, but it was worth it. I'm here at the at the best English speaking radio in Moscow. There we go. I would say in the world, but anyway, we'll, we'll, Moscow's enough for us. There's a lot of people in Moscow. Was <laughs> um, when you were living in Ireland? Because you went to school in Ireland, you grew up in Ireland for a long time. Um, did you follow any of the English football or or, or soccer, or was like just rugby your your be all end all? There's a lot of support of uh, Man United, I think, naturally, uh, around Dublin anyway. Uh, Celtics, uh, big, big support <laughs> as well. Um, we fo- followed football, but I, I didn't really go watch any football, to be honest. Not in Ireland. I watched uh, UCD play, the, my college that I oh, went to. Oh, yeah. Watched some football there, but mostly, most big games I went to was uh, Six Nations and uh, some Autumn Internationals as well at the Lansdowne Road back then. Did you so, go to the RD, or not, it wasn't in the RDS then? Was it the RDS when they were playing? Leinster were playing, or was it? Um, I think Dunbrook? when I was finishing, when I was finishing uni, I think they they moved to RDS then. But uh, yeah, it was in Donnybrook before. Yeah. yeah, so obviously went to every game there. <laughs> played good few games, uh, schools cup cup games uh, in Donnybrook and Lansdowne Road, which has great memories. Yeah, today. It, it, this is great because he went to the same university as me. Um. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> this is a fact. And I played for you. He played rugby for UCD. I played soccer for UCD. Yeah. And I boxed for UCD. So, um, and one of, one of you still looks really good, and the other, <laughs> well, box for UCD. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're having a look. Um, of course, Vasily's uh, here with us, so we're going to have a look at the uh, Champions League. Course, there are uh, four games down for decision this week. Man United, they have a well. There's no away goals, but they drew one one away in Madrid against Atletico. They're playing on Tuesday, eleven o'clock our time, and also on Tuesday, Ajax Benfica. Then on Wednesday, it's Juve Villarreal and Lille against Chelsea. Lille in awful mess this year they, they always seem to have these little peaks and then they drop down again um, I'm, I'm going to go neutral on this one so uh, Andy Mack Man United 1-1 right now it stands they have enough about them to get through and get past Atletico yeah I think they'll also be quite happy to see that Atletico played uh, a large part of their game over the weekend with 10 men and scraped through to a victory um, so they've had a tough game going into it away from home I think the fact that no away goals in this game actually might favour Atletico Madrid because they are normally quite um, counter-attacking, very defensive. And I think one of them will have to have a go and I suspect it might be United having to have a go because they're so bad at the back. Ah, uh-huh, that's fair enough. Okay, so you, what do you reckon though? Um, I think it, it will go to extra time. I think it will finish 1-1 again. Okay, that's good. All right, so we'll go go with that. Okay, um, do you know what you want to look at, of course, uh, Juve Villarreal, will, will, that also was 1-1 the first leg, 2-2 between Ajax and Benfica in the first leg as well. Chelsea taking 2-0 lead over to France. How do you get to France on Wednesday? Well, they won't be good to go on Tuesday. We don't know whether they'll have to hit you lift on a ferry or something. Um, it's, it's tight times for Andrew Flint, but you'd still fancy them to get past Lille because Lille are, are not great. They're like a Le Shot, this, uh, that means cat, this uh, year. 
a shot. Yeah, I, I, I think um, I think you'd have to back Chelsea on this one. I mean, uh, like you say, assume they get there. Once they get there, shouldn't have too much, too much trouble. Um, I mean, Lille, uh, they don't they don't have a great deal of threat, and Chelsea have got that advantage to two nil aggregate lead. Um, is yeah, like like Andy Max says about the away goals, sort of no away goals favouring Atletico in this one. I think it's a shame for Chelsea. That they did, they couldn't just nick one away goal and then that's basically tie over. But I still think they'll have no trouble. Okay, uh, quick Europa League. Um, of course, Spartak unfortunately are not allowed to play in that. That would have been played on St Patrick's Day on Thursday here in Moscow. Uh, there's Galatasaray, Barcelona, Leverkusen, Atalanta, uh, Red Star against Rangers, Monaco, Braga, Eintracht Frankfurt, Real Betis, West Ham, Sevilla, and Lyon, Porto. Uh, the Andy, is there anyone there that people should look at? I think the West Ham Sevilla game will be attacking, and the fact that no away goals again, uh, West Ham need to really do need to go for it. And Sevilla is such a good um, counter attacking side, obviously, such a good record in this competition. I think it will be high scoring. Okay, all right, fair enough. Because, I mean, I am a West Ham fan, so. Um, I think it it will go 3 2, but I don't know which way. Uh All right, so you're swinging both ways. (laughs) Yeah. Nothing new there. Right. Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt, of course, they're taking 2 1 lead uh, at home. They took it away from Sevilla against Real Betis. So, fingers crossed, uh, my German Eagles will fly because, of course, Jurgen Grabowski, he passed away. uh, Well, early on on Saturday morning. So, um, a very, very good man. Dealt with him when I worked with Eintracht. Brilliant international, brilliant uh, club player, and a really, really on-track man. So, uh, um, yeah. So, well, say on the, the right hand of God, may he uh, live. So, we are going to have to break right now. We'll be coming back with uh, more Vasily Artemiev in part two. We're going to be speaking rugby, um, and in the meantime, we're going to go out with a song that uh, is bringing back positive memories from a few years ago. Of course, Andy Flinty will be staying with us on the line. Um, but we're going to go out with Nicky Jam, Will Smith, and Ez. Uh, well era uh, I'll just say it oh it's Treffy sorry um, the song Live It Up anyone who was at the World Cup final will remember that like they really they really pumped it up it just went absolutely crazy you know it it took away the sort of sour taste of Robbie Williams so here we go we're with Live It Up back after this with Vasily Artemiev Capital Sports with Alan Moore <laughs>
coming from Every nation under the sun Elevating their favorite son when he hit and run You want it, you got it The whole world is watching So let's get this popping We all out, we right here I think folks will have to bring in these people a little bit more often because we're actually on time. We're hitting our targets for time. So we're, we're being very good boys and girls this week. Um, okay, so, of course, I have to say, well, not have to say, this is the, the, the best we say. So this segment, of course, is brought to you in conjunction with our partnership with Match Business Consulting, Russia's number one sports business consultancy. Okay, um, Vasily, straight away to you. I'm going to ask Andy because he's still delighted with uh, Scotland's win over Italy. Um, you know, got, to, got to beat someone. Yeah, exactly, you know. <laughs> Don't, let's not go there right now. Um, okay. Uh, Vasily, Ireland yesterday, did you watch the match? Of course. So, I mean, they they didn't play as well as they could have, but you need to play, you know, to, to get through those games and win them to actually sort of progress. And Ireland did it yesterday. They played some very good rugby, but also kind of were a bit nervous at times as well. I think the, the final score was, I think, was a bad reflection of the actual level of the contest that we saw. And I think uh, Ireland definitely didn't find it as comfortable playing uh, for 78 minutes with an extra man as they would have expected to. So England really brought it to them. And I think uh, a lot of credit goes to e- England's scrum. I think about six or seven penalties in the first half hour. Most of them coming from scrum time, so uh, Jenj played huge role in there. And uh, it told you as well, Maru. It told you everywhere, everywhere. Animal, yeah. One of his best games yeah, yeah. for sure. So um, it, ten minutes to go, fifteen all. That was the score, and uh, England really stayed in it. And I think a huge, a huge credit should go to them for, for doing what they did. Um, but Ireland still got the result, and uh, some some good performances from the Irish side. I don't think Sexton was. Uh, you know, too visible. I think he was. He controlled it, but uh, you couldn't really say he's played his best game no. or anything. Um, uh, 
James Lowe's um, score first first try excellent yeah. and Andrew Conway I think uh, he's a he's a Blackrock man as well yeah. isn't he <laughs> yeah yeah he's uh, <laughs> it's Mike your school tie here yeah, so. Mike, Mike McDermott's uh, nephew I think Mark Mark worked with the Russian national team um, a few years back um, so Andrew kicked some cracking fifty twenty twos which really put pressure really you know. Changed, um, you know, the the, the, the momentum, basically, position, yeah, yeah. the position of the field, the, the yeah. field play, and the momentum in the game, and it, it was it was a good good contest. Still, I, I think the, the 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 rule from the southern hemisphere about the red cards being just twenty minutes playing with a man down, and then a new guy can come in. You know, this kind of new rules uh, changes that have been uh, put forward and tested uh, in in the down south. I think it's it's a decent enough rule to introduce. And you think it's better to have rather than play for like if, as we saw eighty two seconds of fastest ever sending off yeah, in, yeah. in a test match rugby. Um, and I thought he was unfortunate because it, it, he literally went in. It, it didn't look like he did it maliciously. He he went in it was a clash of heads. I I would have found I would have found okay by law it was a red card, but I defended very hard to give a red card for that. But that's what rugby is trying to do now. We're trying to you know get rid and eliminate those really dangerous bits of play and it was to some extent it was reckless because he, he really uh, went up high with his yeah. head sticking up and he, it was you know find, find, find the other guy's head and it was a head clash and I think we should feel sorry not for the guy getting sent off but for but the guy no, who, who stayed on yeah, the exactly. field exactly and had to be taken off like, yeah, he, he, yeah. like Ireland lost it one day I suppose uh, Andy Gore you were saying I was going to say the most sinister thing for that about me wasn't... I mean, those head clashes can happen at any point in a game. They can be unfortunate or not. But when you go with your arms spread like that to then hit into the tackle and you're going head first, um, that's just outright dangerous. Yeah, but there's something... I, I, I... But then there was the Atoji one straight after that yeah. didn't get flagged. Yeah. And you could argue that that was fairly similar, perhaps even more malicious, but it was neck. Still should be a red card going by what the referee said, it was but, but the TMO ref for me is one of the worst in the game. I can't remember his name now off the top of my head. Is it South African guy? Yeah. It? Yeah. I, the one thing I was going to say, Vasily, something that I've noticed when I was watching Tim playing, actually out in, in Cisco there the weekend before last, um, and I want to ask you about that as well because it was the, the final of the business league and that as well, the Tiger Rugby. Um, I've seen a lot of kids, even Tim as well, they're doing a lot of these arm tackles. They're actually not getting low, getting their body position low. And when when you mentioned Johnny Sexton, the first thing that comes to mind is he stands straight up as if he's going to hug somebody and then gets absolutely ploughed through. Why 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 is there so much of that now from kids rugby up that they're not actually training how to get? Well, from my personal experience, we we used to be taught from from way 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 back to to to, to tackle low most of the time. Yeah. So you kind of you go down tackle low. I think um, American football is starting to introduce some of the rugby style tackles to try to um, get rid of some of the injuries that the happen upper body to them. Ones, yeah, 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 correct. Yeah. But uh, working with the working with some coaches now and seeing how teams defend in in the, in the English Premier League, for example. A lot of them try to tackle quite hard, quite quite high, uh, you know, above the hip level, definitely, and try to wrap the ball and stop it ah, from being offloaded. Okay, because a, okay. a lot of the teams, a lot of uh, momentum comes from offload game. So if you make a little bit of ground, if you make half a break, and if your hands are free, you're free to offload the game, uh, offload the ball, and uh, keep the game flowing. But so a lot of the teams are, you know, looking at those contestable tackles higher you know around the ball area and kind of working and staying in the fight for three to five seconds with a second man helping them to get the turnover basically but, yeah, yeah but there is always a danger there's a high risk of you know slipping above the ball and actually hitting the guy the guy in the neck so you know it's a risk and uh, um, 
reward reward thing. So you know they're trying to wait 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 all and see see how the you know the whole system. The whole defensive system of teams depends on how they want to tackle and how they want to progress. That's a good point because it, I did. I always, I'd always like we'd always trained with the sort of the motto of cheek to cheek, like the cheek of yeah. your face and the cheek of somebody's backside, so that you would actually get down low, wrap their legs, and put them down. Um, and I always, I always felt. I remember one time the one of the best tackles I ever made was was there. I came up from scrum half and I just tackled this guy just to come right down. And then I was like, oh, "Great, I have the ball." I looked up and they'd run in a try because I was so I would just plow this big big guy out of it. I think he was just he just fell down, just going, "Ah, oh, let the little fella tackle me." It's okay, but, <laughs> but and they got a try. But anyway, so just just a quick one on the games. Of course, yesterday um, France eking by Wales. They're on course for a grand slam. They won thirty nine. Italy uh, going down by eleven points to Scotland. Uh, England going down, of course, by 17 points to uh, Ireland. Um, Andrew Flint, bring you straight into this one. Uh, next week, France are hosting England. Do you reckon your roast beefs might be uh, on the sizzle? Oh, Christ. I'm not looking forward to it at all. Um, France have looked very good. They, they're, they're deserving of a Six Nations title, I think. Um, I don't think there's likely to be much of a f- uh, fight put up <clears throat> by England in this one. Um, no, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not hopeful at all. France, big favourites here. Okay, because of course uh, it, it could be a case that if uh, France lose, Ireland win, Ireland win Six Nations. Um, Ireland, of course, they are playing uh, their, uh, well, the, the country we colonised, Scotland, because of course Scots is just an Irish tribe name, but anyway. Um, Andy, I'll start with you on that one. Um, yeah. Do you reckon, could Scotland, you know, have Ireland <laughs> singing the blues? Will you be. Um, the, the, there'll be some booze. Um. I said blues, but anyway. <laughs> I think both sides are giving away too many penalties. Whoever gives away fewer on the day will probably win. Um, I think that will be Ireland. Okay. Um, I'll be cheering for Ireland. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Andy. Um, yeah, I remember Ireland playing um, about four years back. When, when, when there was a previous time they beat the All Blacks, was it 2018? 2018, I think it was, yeah. The, f- the first time I seemed to, to beat the All Blacks was 2018. 2018, yeah. I think uh, that was uh, during the autumn international window. Yes, yeah. And the average penalty count for Ireland uh, was about four penalties per game Whoa. back then. And they were top side in the world back then. And uh, it's, it's a huge factor in the modern rugby uh, penalty factor. But Ireland, you know, they, they conceded um, a huge amount of penalties in the scrum time. And I think England are actually in a good shape approaching the French game, in my opinion. Oh. Yeah, they, they could be, if they play as they did against Ireland, against France, who didn't look very impressive, although Galtier said that there were some illnesses in the squad during the week, so they you know, might, have, might have been a factor. And Wales are a good team as well. I mean, well, let's, let, let, like, I mean France have won last, they, they won their last Grand Slam was like uh, over a decade ago, and Wales have won four in the meantime, four championships in the meantime. I mean I, I, I mean, I think I'd disagree. I, I thought France were extremely impressive. Uh, I watched Wales. Wales is rucking against Scotland. Blew them, blew the Scots away, and it was that we gave away far too many penalties because of that. Wales never got a chance to ruck against France. The intensity was so high, their forwards were so quick in the transition out of the rucks that France would just clean away. And it wasn't until the second half that Wales made France make a couple of mistakes that they almost, almost got that try 
uh, towards the end. But still, I think... But like, I think uh, France could have gone up another gear if, they, if, yeah, yeah. If, if they'd had to, and they missed two or three stupid drop kicks, that the uh, drop goals that they were trying. Thierry Fildery, of course, he, uh, the uh, Stade, uh, Stade du, uh, commentator and uh, journalist, told us in December that France going to win a Grand Slam. He said, that's it. It's, it's, and then two weeks ago, we said the same thing. Do you reckon, Basile, this, this is, of course, leading up towards the World Cup... Okay, we'll talk about the European qualifiers as well, but who do you reckon out of the six nations will be putting on the biggest test for like the likes of Australia, New Zealand and South Africa? Which of those six... Well, okay, Italy, Scotland, put them on the side, but which of the other four? <laughs> yeah, just yeah, a f- funny... Uh, a funny bit of stats about the Italy-Scotland game. Uh, Italy obviously scored three tries, and they only scored one try in the, in the previous three games, I think. <laughs> and so they, they scored three tries against the Scots. And uh, the two players in that game, <laughs> the two players on the field uh, in Italy-Scotland contest that actually witnessed the, the, the last uh, game that Italy won in the Six Nations were both both Scottish. I think it was Hamish Watson. Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, and someone else, can remember. Uh, so, yeah, Italy's, you know, Completely new side from 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 years back. In terms of the World Cup, um, Ireland has got this thing that they they peak just about a year before um, too early, yeah. the World Cup. And France, I think, is you know they've been improving for the last two years. And is there still a lot of room to improve, or can they maintain this level that they're already showing? Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I really hope Ireland can finally you know. Uh, come out firing during the World Cup. Uh, At least period. make a semi-final. Quarter-final. Quarter-final, exactly. <laughs> with one knockout match. I was going to ask you about that. Um, when you're standing there playing Ireland in the World Cup, okay, and you hear Ireland's call, how does it feel to you? Because you've listened to it in Lands End Row, for example. What, what's it like listening to... I sang it, actually, playing for Ireland schools as well. Oh, but when, <laughs> when, did you, were you tempted to sing it when you were playing for, for it's Russia? A, it's, a, it's a great song, obviously. <laughs> I don't know the, 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 you know, the, the Gaelic version of the, the <laughs> national anthem. I, I wouldn't know that. I don't speak any. But um, it's, it's a great song. That, you know, it really fires you up before it does, games. Yeah. It does. So it's, it's a motivational thing. But yeah, play, playing against Ireland was, was the best thing at the time, but back in 2011, and scoring a try against them was huge. As well, a lot of my friends were on the field and obviously watching. And I've just—I would have left Ireland only about under two years uh, back when I finished uni in, two, in 2009. Whoa. So yeah, still a lot of friends uh, back then. But obviously, that was only uh, on foot of spending, I think, seven years in total um, educating in Ireland. So. Uh, on 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 that, okay. Of course, Russia, the um, Russian national team, they won't be playing any international matches for the next little while. We know Spain. Um, Spain and Portugal there was a great match in, in the qualifiers um, I want to switch back around to our domestic game here because there's always huge we've got a few minutes before we wait the break but there's always huge potential I've always seen in Russian rugby um, always seems to be something wrong with infrastructure or the development and so on it always seems to be misfiring um, the domestic league is starting up uh, will Siska be proving a match because I mean you won the, you won the championship with, with uh, Yenisei or was it or Krasnoyar. Krasnoyar, yeah, yeah, sorry, Krasnoyar, excuse me. And VVA. That, and v- that was my first club what? after, yeah, <laughs> after, after uh, I finished uni, yeah. So, I mean, you, you've won the league. Do you think Siska have, because you've got some good players, do they have a chance to go on and challenge for the league title? Um, probably not this year. You know, we, we've had a good run. We finished uh, in mid-year break with the winter break. We, we, we went uh, on the fifth spot, so just at one place below the, um, the playoff zone. Um, but obviously a lot of things happened during that period and uh, we lost some of the foreign players uh, in the meantime you know 
it's it's understandable. Yeah, it's only expected to 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 things like that to happen at the moment. So we're going to have a lot of a lot a lot of youngsters playing in the next uh, period up to uh, June when the championship ends. We're still aiming to to um, challenge for a top four spot to get in the playoffs. It'll be I think it'll be, it'll be a huge step because it's only a second season of the CSKA Rugby Club in the Premier League. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of things will, 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 you know, will happen in the future. I'm sure of that. There's a huge, great uh, coaching staff. Yuri Kushner, one of the uh, stars, the, 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 he, he's also, in the he's coaching most, staff. He's not the now. most cap. You're the most cap, aren't you? Uh, no, Yuri. Yuri is the, he's most, the most cap. Cap. He's uh, 117, 120 caps for okay. Russia, playing out half and top, uh, and top scorer as well. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, and top scorer as well. So he's huge experience uh, with him. And Valery Snabiladze is another experienced forward. They're both in the coaching um, team at CSK now. So you know we we're looking good uh, in that department. So but it, it will take some time for for players to to learn to play at that level. You know it's still still a lot of youth and inexperience in our side. So but that's just going to say because Andy and I were discussing it then that two weeks ago when I came straight in here from the the tour, remember the kids tournament, and I was so impressed with the number of children, boys and girls playing in Cisco. The attitude of the club, the professionalism of the club, was something that really struck us. Even because Andy and I were in Krasnoyarsk, which is a rugby town, but still there wasn't. You know the kind of the, you know there should be more about rugby. Like we, you know we we, we were there covering uh, the Winter Universidad, but um, just on, on that, I, one thing I noticed, and I mentioned just at, at the top of the segment, was the business league. And I've seen it in Ireland. It's done very well in Ireland. Friends of mine, like men and women playing tag rugby, um, is that still ongoing? And if so, how can people get involved? It is ongoing. I think we see a lot of potential in in, in this. You know, uh, non-contact variations of rugby, tag rugby or uh, touch rugby, um, for um, to attract new audience. You know, it's actual active audience, not the audience that watches it on telly, but uh, who can actually go out and try it themselves. So we uh, we decided to uh, you know put some effort into creating this business league, and it, it ended up people um, ended up really loving it, really getting engaged so fast. And for me, playing rugby from a very early age, it actually brings a lot of joy to my heart. Seeing people come into it, like our open Friday evenings training sessions, which we organised for about a year now at um, Avia Park. Um, people just come in, never touched a rugby ball before, and within a week or so, they they start playing with everyone else. Within a couple of months, they they make up, they organise a team, and they join the business league. And you can actually end up getting a game for Scotland. But anyway, <laughs> right, uh, Andrew Andrew Flint, have you got a question before we go out to the break uh, for Vasily? Yeah, Vasily, I've I've been um, I've been disappointed not to be able to get regular access to domestic Russian rugby here. My uh, Last time we spoke to you on the show, um, I mentioned that, you know, I'd seen the last time was about 10 years ago. What, I, what I'm curious to know is, uh, in the Russian Championship, Krasnoyar seems to be, have been the epicentre of rugby for the last decade, if not longer. Is this, is this a good thing because the clubs may get a higher profile in European rugby? Or do you think it's important for Russian rugby development to spread these centres, like you mentioned in in Moscow, in other areas of the country, do you think it's important to spread the interest across the country to help it grow? Um, yeah, that's the way rugby has always kind of existed in Russia. It was um, at a certain mm. cities ar- around Russia, like Penza, uh, like Krasnoyarsk, like Moscow, like Krasnodar. So it's it's not a mm. big team sport, but. Um, 
you can grow out from those epicenters, from those centers and outwards. That's in Krasnoyarsk, there's two professional rugby sides. In Moscow, there's more now. There's Dynamo Moscow, there's CSK Moscow, there's Slavo Moscow. There's mm. three teams here, but obviously Moscow has a lot of potential because it's, it's the biggest city and the Moscow region itself has, with, the, with Moscow City, yeah. has more than 20 million population. So I think it was still a lot to expand to grow this domestic league. Um, it's 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 the place where most our national team players play at the moment. So it's important to, to keep growing the level of the league. And uh, on the other side, we you know we want our younger players and talented players to go abroad as well to experience that uh, you know European level. That's that's the way Portugal really progressed in the last five years, and that's we see them contesting for the World Cup, and we see a lot of their players playing in, in France. Well. George has been doing that for over a decade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Portugal's, you know, yeah. started really focusing on it in the last um, six years, I think, and they've grown so much. And it's good to see them. They, their team is young and ambitious and fast, and playing at, you know, most of their players play play out in France and in all the yeah. all the divisions up to, you know, um, the pro- uh, not pro- uh, top fourteen. Top yeah. fourteen. Yeah. So um, I think we can we can. St- try to do the same and I think before COVID started we had a five or six guys actually already been picked up by Espoir's team by the young, teams the young, in France and hopefully it will come back sooner or later Okay uh, Andrew thank you for us I know Andrew will be back of course with us for the quiz in the next segment so uh, Vasily thank you very much he's staying with us of course uh, and folks we'll go to the break right now uh, telling you that uh, of course you can get your best sports ambassador on match-business.com um, Right we'll go to the break right now and this is Blossoms and the Keeper back after this with a big fat filthy quiz Capital Sports with Alan Moore
лучшее завершение уикенда на Capital. Join us on a journey. From the beach to the dance floor. Chicane presents Sunsets. Каждое воскресенье в 11 вечера провожаем отличный уикенд. Встречаем новую неделю. Okay, welcome back, folks. Hope you enjoyed that little uh, musical interlude. Uh, of course, Vasily is still here with us. Andy Mack is still here with us as well. And I, on the line, I hear some people. Alina, you're there with us right now? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Hello. Uh, I, hey, no, you don't say hello. You say ciao. Ciao, ragazzo. <laughs> Ciao, ragazzo. No, ragazzo. That's a girl. That's a hello, girl. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Why are you calling me a girl? I'm not okay here. No, right. it's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> Funny times we live in these yeah, days. Yeah, tell you, yeah. She spends like, you, you know... You know, Italian? Yeah? Yeah, okay. Go on, I listen to you. I don't know how, like, we'll be boys in Italian, so... <laughs> <laughs> okay, just say ciao, that's all, like, you know? Ciao, ciao, ciao. Okay. Ciao, ciao, okay, there you go. So, like, you know, she spends one week or one month in uh, in Italy and she immediately starts calling everyone girl. Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> well, we do know the Italian men dress very, very nicely. They're very... No, no, Andy, I'm not going to say effeminate. I'm not going to say effeminate. They just dress nicely. They take care of themselves, you know? I mean, <laughs> slippery slope, Alan. Slippery slope. I'm, I'm so all, all that shaving cream is very oh, slippery. Oh, God, I'm in such trouble. I get another country that's just stopping me from fashion, going into Fashion it. these days, you know? I know, I'm telling you. Okay, so I'll give a shout out to everyone who's on the call. So, um, okay, Alina's there, and I see Andrew Flint. Andrew Flint is there, and uh, Double M. Is Double M there? Double M? We don't have to put that. I'm trying to see. Does our... No, because uh, he doesn't seem to be there. Well, okay, we'll try to get him. Right, we're going to have the quiz. But first of all, uh, Elena, how is life in Italy treating you? How is Hellas Verona getting on? Uh, so, basically, we had, like, two games. But, like, we lost two games. So, like, we're really in, like, bad position right now in the, like, standings. So we have like six games left and we need to win like all six games to stay in Serie A for the next season. No pressure, no pressure at all. Um, look, I've seen... So many you... pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're, you're from Lipetsk, it's normal, it's, it's easy for you. Uh, listen, one thing I've just seen, like you've got a very, very, like a, a very decent team. Um, do you think that maybe it's just like kind of, you'll, you'll catch a run of form and then things will all work out? Uh, I don't know what's the problem like with our team because like the girls like so good but like we just like can't score the goals so it's like the main problem. Ah, okay, so it can't score. I okay. don't know. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Okay, so uh, is that a defender blaming the attackers there by any chance? Yeah, she's a defender. Yeah. Ah. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm outside back. <laughs> All right, right. We're going to go into the quiz course. We'll have very, very nice and quick this week. Uh, Alina, Andrew Flint, you're going first. Alina, second. Uh, Vasily, we'll let you go third, lucky third. And of course, uh, Andy Mack is going in fourth place. And I should say that uh, Vasily's wife, Sophia, is here. So uh, she's very, very quiet. Um, Sophia, do you want to help us? I'm going to have to stand up here now in the studio. Do you want to help? No, no. She's, I'm going to say she's going to help us with the scores because it's usually me who has to do it. So I'll do the scores. No, you, you're going to have to take part. You're going to have to take part. Okay. <laughs> So the first one, uh, Andy Mack, this one is for you, okay? So, Andy or sorry, Flint Andrew Flint, excuse so me. I'm yeah. always the rear. <laughs> yeah, he's Andrew. at the rear, come on, get it right. <laughs> All right, so here we go. So, are you ready? Here we go. Yep. 
Okay, so you heard the song, and it is actually, it's a, it's a cover, of course, of uh, Have You Ever Seen the Rain from Creedence Clear or the Revival, just so listeners at home know what that is. I, I didn't, that's the first time I actually heard that song. Okay, so Country and Club. Country and Club. Oh, I've got no idea. I, uh, England. No. It's Can Holland. I jump in? <sighs> Holland. Yeah, you heard a... <laughs> yeah, okay. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, okay, so it's Holland. We know it's not IX because we had him a few weeks ago. Uh, Adio Den Haag. Yeah, what? Go on. Bernard. Yeah, well done, Bernard. Yeah. <laughs> one point for Andy on that. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, so, Elena, this one is for you. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. So, okay, here we go. I see Vasily's looking with, like, these wide open eyes going, what the hell am I letting myself in for? <laughs> I'm in such trouble right now. So, here we go. All right. Okay, country. Don't get this oh. wrong, Alina. Don't get this wrong, I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, France? No, it's Italy. It's Italy? Ciao, ragazza. I don't know Italian, so... <laughs> uh, team... Yeah. Um, maybe Napoli? No. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's Hellas Verona. <laughs> I'm sorry. So <laughs> I, I gave you a chance. It's your own team. It's your own team song. Yeah, but I didn't hear this song. Yet. <laughs> oh God! Right, <laughs> Vasily, what awaits you now? This is a disaster. Every time we have this quiz, a disaster. <laughs> we get to like. Whew. Okay, here we go. All right. It was so. the easiest. Oh, it yeah. was Jesus. Okay, so this is to so Vasily's he's getting his uh, Shazam on. Go, please help me. Okay, here we go. So this is for you, Vasily. Okay. Okay, this is a famous rugby town. Very famous rugby town. Is it? Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what language it was. It, it sounded uh, something Slavic. Yes. Yeah, so. Yeah. Is it um, a famous rugby town? Yeah. Not Croatia, no? Not Croatia. Not Croatia. Um, oh, he's getting. Okay, I'll, okay, go on. As you're um, a guest, okay. So it's not Croatia. That would be Split, for example. Nada and Split would be the famous rugby town. Okay. But it's not, it's not, it's not Croatia. Not Croatia, so uh, it's not Serbia either. No, no. <laughs> we're running out of your countries. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> right. I, I have no idea. To be honest, can you can you give me a tip? Well, what country it is? And what? and that's a tip. Uh, uh, like the mountains. No. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, and no, no, and so just and it's the middle name. Oh, no idea. Bosnia and oh, Herzegovina. Oh. Uh, Bosnia it, and Herzegovina. Is it Bosnia and Herzegovina? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and what's it, the, the team? Oh, now we've guessed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, the team. It's not Sarajevo. It's not Sarajevo. It's a famous rugby town up in the mountains. Uh, where Ireland actually played. Ireland played in a, a World Cup football qualifier. Or a European qualifier, sorry. Serious? Yeah. Gives it Z. Z. No idea. No idea. Okay. Uh, Zrinski. 
No. How you say it? No, no, no. It's Zenitsa. Zenitsa. And that's a cover of a Johnny Cash song called the... Uh, I recognise the tune. Yeah. I, I, I recognise the, the, the tongue, the, the language. I'll give you a point for it because you did say something. You're very close. You're next door. So. Fair enough. Right. So we'll give you a point. So, uh, Andy, this one now is for you. You ready? Brazil. <laughs> Wait, let's start it. Oh, sorry. All right. Here we go. Okay. This, I think you, you'll, you'll get it. Is it Brazil, through. though? It's not Brazil. It's not Brazil. I love it. It was... Okay, so you hear the word Mare, so that gives you a hint. It's about the sea. So go on, what can you add to your score? Um, Country? Croatia. No, Italy. Uh, it's going to be Napoli, isn't it? You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if I played her for Alina, she got it, but instead I played the team she plays with. And I get, oh, Lord God Almighty. Right. This is the missing word, okay? So here we go, okay? Missing word. So starting off, Andrew Flint. Um, Christiana rolls back the years with what showing? <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously. I'd rather not say what we're showing. What's <laughs> rolling back the years, huh? Come on, quick. I'd say it's a lovely face cream showing. Um, uh, with his tan showing. No, three star. Because he scored three goals. <laughs> Jesus, Andrew. I'll give you, I'll give you two points because it is a good one. Okay, uh, Alina, this one is for you. Oh, okay. What Salah agent chips in? What Salah agent chips in? So... This is a player's agent. So what Salah? What Salah? What does it mean? What's the, what's the word before Salah? We know it's Mo Salah, uh, but it's not, it's not Mo. It's something else close to it. Uh, I, I have no idea. All right, it's Go Salah. Go Salah. I'll give you a point Close for it. Salah? Go. Like going. He's going. He's leaving the club. Ah, yeah, that's okay, it. okay. All right. So, Vasily. Uh, <laughs> Klopp, like, this is Jurgen Klopp. Klopp likes watching what, but not what. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just the way. I, I understand. Uh, he, he loves uh, watching rugby, not football. Oh! Uh, yeah. Give me five points. Well, he loves beer, by, by the way. Uh, he, does, he does, he does. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm have to drop my uh, point sheet on the ground. But it's actually Klopp likes watching Brighton, but not playing them. There you go. And I back up, I drop my points on the ground. So it's five points uh, for them for Vasily. Uh, okay, and uh, finally, Andy Mack. Andy Mack, you what? <laughs> <laughs> You what? <laughs> Come on, give me an answer. <clears throat> um, can you give me the sport? Tennis. We spoke about this earlier on, before we went on air. Oh, oh God! Well, I, 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 I pretend to listen to you, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> right, a sucker, loser. You uh, suck. You, a sucker. You suck. You suck. <laughs> you suck. Yeah, it was someone, a, a lady in the crowd shouted at Indian Wells uh, at Naomi Saka, reducing her to tears. So, and I'll, I'll give you three points for that. No, I'll give you two points because you made very generous. Yeah, yeah I was. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fair enough. Okay, so this is the odd one out round. Okay, so this is about um, English club owners, right? So English football club owners. So here we go. Okay, uh, Andrew Flint. <coughs> <coughs> Sutton United, Salford City, or Sheffield United? Who's the odd one out? Uh, Salford. Correct. Correct, because the other two are owned by Saudis, and that, of course, is owned by some of the English players and Peter Lim from Indonesia. Well done. So you get uh, 10 points for that. Well done. Okay, so you're on 12 points right now. Okay, Alina, this one is for you. 
16, 14, or 15? 16, 14, or 15? I think 15. You're one. No. no, 16. I'll give you two points because no, you did get close. It's 16. They are the number of clubs that are owned by foreign uh, nationals in the English Premier League. There you go. Okay, Vasily, this one is for you. Okay. Uh, six, seven, or eight? Six, seven, or eight? Six, seven, or eight? Yeah. That's a great question. <laughs> I pick a seven just because I prefer that number. <laughs> seven. It's actually eight because they're the number of uh, teams in League One or League Two owned by foreign people as well. All right. Yeah. Now, finally, Andrew Flint. There's 92 teams, of course, in the uh, English Football League system. Okay. So uh, this is the percentage of clubs that are owned by uh, non-UK people. Okay. Uh, that's including non-Irish as well. So non-UK or Irish. So 53.45%. 53.55% or 53.35%? Which is the odd one out? Wait, is this for me? No, this is for, yeah, for Andy, yeah, sorry. <laughs> okay, I just hear him laughing in the background. Really can, I, can I ask you to read the question? No, no, okay. no I'm okay. joking, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> Would it make a difference? 3-5 at the end there. Yeah, you're correct. That is correct. So uh, you have won tonight. You've won on 18 points. Yeah, because it Amazing is... Amazing sporting knowledge. Yeah, 53.35. So of all the 92 teams, uh, that is the amount of that are owned by foreign owners. Okay. So I will say thank you very much to Alina. Uh, I'll say ciao again. That means goodbye as well in Italian. <laughs> yeah. Buona notte. Uh, and uh, Andrew Flint, uh, well, like I say, ciao to you as well. So I'll say see you later. T- see you next week. See you. <laughs> okay. So You're say, missing a Bella on the end there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ciao, Bella. Okay, so, uh, Andy Mac, thank you very much for your uh, time this evening. Pleasure, as always. Okay. But, Vasari, uh, Vasari. <laughs> thank you so much that's my name in Fiji and Vaisali yeah yes. Vaisali I was like Vaisali I'm thinking why I got oh my brain and Sophia thank you as well for uh, having the patience not to run away on us here this evening so thank you very very much Vaisali um, you enjoyed it uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was well worth two years away. <laughs> <laughs> Come back before the next two years are up. Anyway, yeah, so. I, I just wanted to uh, just use this moment to, to welcome everyone to uh, to the rugby games. They will start again in Moscow in April and May. And I'm sure the weather will be warm. The, all the COVID regulations have been dropped. So awesome. we welcome everyone. Uh, CSK play uh, home games at uh, Luzhniki, Spartivny Gradok. Great little stadium. Very, uh, very welcome, everyone. And um, yes, yeah, here at rugby. Brilliant. Okay, of course we can check it. Well, social media. Well, can you get tickets online? Uh, yes, you can yeah, t- t- tickets online, and uh, yeah, you have to pay money for it. Okay, so, so there we, you go. <laughs> no free tickets anymore. No free tickets. <laughs> okay, folks, we are going to go out right now, uh, out into a new week, and uh, you've got an hour left to use your Instagram, and then of course uh, you have to start using a VPN. So until next week, remember on Thursday is St Patrick's Day, so remember do what the script are telling you and paint the town green. I'm Alan Moore.